we are reading out of Psalm 95, 1 through 7a. Come, let us sing for the joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. His hand, in his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the flock under his care. Amen. You may be seated. How's it going, everybody? You guys good? So uh, this morning, um, we're going to be doing things a little bit different. I don't know if you felt it. We shifted things around a little bit. We're, we're playing around with the, the order of service. Um, because like in the words of Mark Foreman, I'm going to move your cheese today. And uh, when the cat's away, the mice will play. And so the mice are, we're playing a little bit today. And uh, um, so we're going to have some fun. Are you guys cool for... If we do things a little bit different yeah. this morning? Okay, cool. So, so we've been in this series, Salt and Light, and thus far in the series, um, we have been talking about our values as a church. In other words, we've been learning about why we do what we do as a church. And now we're going to learn to walk out the how. And so we're turning a corner in Salt and Light, and we're moving from talking about our values to actually walking out our practices. And if you're like me, I always, or sorry, I don't always, let's, let's get that straight. I don't always know how to practically live out the things that I'm learning. And so oftentimes, and I'm, I, I preach, I'm, I'm a pastor, but those of us preachers in the room, any preachers in the room? Ah, I see you, Nick. Um, but, uh, but oftentimes, right, um, you can hear a message, right? And you're, the message ends, you're like, oh my gosh, that was the best message I've ever heard. And then you go out to the car and you're driving home and you don't remember what was said, right? Um, I sometimes will preach a message and by the time I get to the car, I'm like, I don't even know what I just said. Um, I have to go back and look at my own notes, right? Um, so, so sometimes I forget and other times I just don't know how to like practically live out the things that I'm learning. And so as we move, turn this corner with salt and light, we want to give you tools to, to really learn how to practically walk out the things that we believe. And, and so Christianity, let me just say this, um, it was never meant to be a spectator sport. It was never meant to be a, 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 a thing that we just get to sit back and, and watch things happen around us. Um, God created us to engage with himself and to join in his kingdom work here on the earth. You were not meant just to come and listen to some little short guy with a beard and a bald head. I could be describing Mark Foreman, but I'm also describing myself. Um, right? You're, um, you, you, you weren't created just to come and to sit and to listen to us speak and not step out and do something, right? Not engage with God and, and, and grow with him. It was not meant to be a spectator sport. And so this morning... Um, we are really going to get our hands dirty. You guys ready to get your hands dirty? We are going to participate together in some things this morning. And so on, on the menu today um, are the practices of prayer and worship. 
And prayer, simply put, it's just having conversations with God. Like that's the most simple definition of prayer that I can give to you this morning. And, and when, when I think about prayer, oftentimes um, when we think about prayer, we think about just talking to God, right? And, and sometimes we have those moments where we go, I, I don't really know how to pray. How, I, how, do, you, how do you pray? Um, there's, no, there's not this crazy formula, but it's just having conversation with God. So sometimes we're talking to God, and then sometimes we're listening. Do we believe that, that God is alive? Do we, we don't believe that Jesus stayed in the grave. We believe that he literally resurrected, rose from the dead, and is alive. We believe that Jesus is alive. And so if we believe in a living God, then prayer is communication with a living God. So we are speaking to him, but we're also taking time to listen to what he has to say to us. If, if in marriage, if, if, if I just blah, 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 to my wife and never gave her room to speak to me, I wouldn't know her. She would know a lot of what I think and what I have to say, but I wouldn't actually know her or know her heart. But we have conversation in our marriage. And in our relationship with, with God, we have to leave room not only to speak to him, but to receive and listen from him. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says to pray without ceasing. So always be praying. So praying without ceasing, it doesn't look like you're on your knees, great God in the sky. You, 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 I mean, we'd be, we'd be walking around, you know. It doesn't look like, like that. Praying without ceasing, oftentimes, it's, it's I got my coffee, I got my, my, my water, and I'm, I'm, I'm walking out the door, and I'm talking to Jesus as I'm on my way to the car. It's, it's I'm, I'm sitting at my computer during work, and I'm typing that email, and I'm, and I'm asking God, speak to me. Give me the words to say as I, as I type this email. God, speak to me. Prayer is, is that kind of intimate encounter with God. And then when you hear the word worship, we oftentimes just think about music, right? Worship, music. We think about when we come to church on a Sunday morning, and and we hear this amazing worship team leading us, we think about music. But worship is so much more than a song. I'm looking over here, my buddy Dennis. Dennis, give us, Dennis is awesome. So Dennis and I, we used to sit, this was years ago, we used to sit in Dennis's car, and we would just sit with God. We'd play worship music. We'd listen to whole worship albums. And we would just spend time lifting up God and God and have these amazing times of worship and prayer. But even that is just, it's, it's like a glimpse of what God has intended for us. You see, worship, it's more than a song. And it's not just reserved for Sunday mornings or a midweek service. Paul writes in Romans 12, 1 and 2, he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, worship is giving everything to God. Worship should be all-encompassing. It should encompass all 
aspects of our life. Our minds, our bodies, giving everything to God. Worship should encompass everything. So today, we're going to walk through, together actually, we're going to walk through a guided time discovering the acts of prayer and worship. And the, the word acts, we're using the word acts, and some of you have walked through this exercise of prayer. And there's four steps on this journey. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplica- supplication. And supplication is just a fancy church word for um, uh, God supplying our needs. And so we're going to engage our hearts, we're going to engage our minds, we're going to engage our bodies in hopes of being transformed more and more into the likeness of Christ. So when we think about the idea, on the first step of the journey, when we think about adoration, um, Psalm 95, verse 1, we're going to start in verse 1, we're going to skip 2, and then just follow along with me. So Psalm 95, 1, it says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. So when we think about worship, that first verse, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Now, we're going we're gonna to all say this together, and I want you to try to say, come let us sing for joy, and try and say it without smiling, okay? All right, one, two, three. Come let us sing for joy to the Lord. You try and do that without smiling, right? How can we not have joy, right? When we come before the Lord, he is worthy of all that we have to give. When we think about this first stop on the journey, when we think about adoration, adoration, it's our response to to the awe and wonder of God. And when we recognize the greatness of God, we cannot help but lift him high, right? Psalm 34, 1, it says, I will extol or bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. And so that idea is similar to prayer, right? Pray without ceasing. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my lips. And, and when I think about blessing the Lord at all times, sometimes I'm like, what am I gonna, how am I going to bless the Lord at all times? What, you know, when we think about what God has done, just simply put, let's think about God as creator, as we read in Psalm 95. Think about this ocean that we stand and we bask upon, Right? Think about the sun that hit our face as we walked from the car into this room. Think about the beautiful landscape that we see. I think about the mountains that I love to snowboard down, right? Think about creation. I, I didn't create all that. I didn't make the ocean. I didn't make the mountains. I didn't make you how infinitely wonderful you are. Look at you. Go ahead. You can pull out your phone, take a little selfie. You are wonderful, right? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I didn't make you. You didn't make me. God made us. Come on. If, if, if we think about creation, how could we not lift God up? How could we not praise him for the great things that he's done? It, it says in, in Luke 19, verse 40, he says, I tell you, he replied, if, you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. <laughs> if we keep silent, 
if we don't give God the adoration and the worth that he deserves, the very stones that you see outside will start to cry out of the greatness of God. We were not created to, to, to keep praise to ourselves. God created us to give him glory and give him the worth and the adoration that he so deserves. Y'all, we'll shout for our favorite musician when we're at concerts. We'll shout for our favorite sports teams. Yet we have trouble doing this for God, right? Why is this? Are we embarrassed? We feel like, oh, I'm going to be a freak. I don't want to be a little Jesus freak. We'll be a freak, right? <laughs> Jesus is worth it. Isn't he worth it? We, 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 we think about Michael Jordan. I watched that Michael Jordan documentary, and I'm like, that dude is a beast, right? Jesus is the goat. He's the greatest of all time, right? <laughs> Michael Jordan doesn't have anything on Jesus, right? He is deserving of our praise. And so as a church, we're going to do things a little, we're going to get a little wild today, okay? Just, just, just hold on to your seats, all right? Or let go of your seats. Who cares, right? Um, this morning, um, we're going to take a moment and we're going to give God the praise and adoration that he deserves. We're going to go on a little journey all mornings, okay? So just, like I said, when the cat's away, the mice will play. Um, but as the worship team comes back out, we are going to take a moment to practice the truth of Psalm 95.1. We are going to take a moment and we're going to shout out from wherever you are declarations of adoration to God. And I'm going to, let's, let's just preface this. There's not going to be any sermons. Just shout out, just quick declarations of who God is, okay? So we're going to stand together. Let's stand together as a church. You're going to get a little bit of exercise today too, okay? Um, so we're going to stand together as a church. And, and as they start to, to play, just shout out, we're going to shout out just words of adoration, declarations of adoration to God, all right? And, uh, we're going to have Nick, actually, Debbie, start us out. And then whoever, shout out from wherever you're at. Just let it, let it flow. You're the lover of my soul. Wow. Yeah. God, you are worthy of all that we have to give to you. And God, as we sing out this song of worship, we, our heart's desire is to lift you high and give you what you deserve. And that is our highest praise. So God, we love you. We love you. We love you. But y'all, let's worship Jesus. We're going to continue in, in this time. Your heart. 
we lift you high in this place because you deserve all that we have to give. Y'all, can we just give Jesus just some honoring? Jesus, we lift you up in this place. You are so good, God. You are so good. You are so good. God, you deserve it all, so we give it to you freely. Yeah, we love you. Amen. Y'all, um, you can grab a seat. We're gonna have, the worship team is just going to stay out here with us. They're going to they're gonna hang. Um, um, Psalm 95.6. It says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. The, the Hebrew word used for worship means to bow down. To bow down. And if we are bowing down before God, then we are saying that, God, you are bigger than us. That you are greater than us. That you are deserving of praise. That you are high and lifted up. John 3, verse 30, it says, He must become greater and I must become less. He must become greater and I must become less. And when we think about the greatness of God, we are reminded of the fact that he is infinitely more powerful than us. We recognize our deep, deep need for him. In Genesis chapter 2, it says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. You and I are from the dust. Think about that for a moment. that it was the breath of God breathed into the dust that brought us to life. So anything that we have, the life that we have, it didn't come from our own volition. The life that we have came from him. It came from his very breath. So he deserves to be lifted high. And in that, as he becomes greater, we have to humble ourselves, bow down low before him. When we think about bowing down, when we think about our humanity, when we think about uh, this flesh, this, we recognize that there are areas of our lives um, that, that we actually don't fully trust God with. When, there are times where I don't always think about the greatness of God because I'm thinking about myself. There are times where my eyes aren't focused on him because they're focused on me. 
there are times where I don't trust him, and I'm trusting more in, in my own abilities than I am in God's sovereignty and his power. Think through where you personally are not trusting God right now. This week was a really hard week for me. Um, it, it seems like anytime that I'm going to be preaching, the world falls apart. <laughs> and this week, the world, the wheels fell off the car. Let's just be real. It was, it was a really hard week. Um, I didn't like this week. I, I literally was like, Jesus, you could come back like now. That'd be great. That'd be great. It was a tough week. Um, and it was tough, one, because of circumstances, but it was tough because I was trying to do everything on my own. I was trying to fix this week on my own. Um, I wasn't trusting God. And that literally is sin, right? In Romans 3.23, it says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. So by everyone, um, it means everyone. There's not any of us in this room that have not done our own thing, turned astray, turned away from God. We all have sinned. And in, in 1 John 1, 8 and 9, it says, If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Those moments where, where we're like, it was my fault. I, it was so-and-so's fault. We're, we're casting blame. If we claim that we're without sin, we're, we're just fooling ourselves. And then he says this in verse 9, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all weaknesses. Confession is the second step that we're going to take on, on this journey with Jesus this morning. And when we confess to God, we are acknowledging our inability to set ourselves free, while at the same time, Asking God to unleash the cleansing work of the cross on our lives. And in our times of confession, oftentimes we, we try and keep our confession to God general. Um, we, we may speak a word of confession. God, I, I confess, I just want to confess for my bitterness. I want to confess because of my anger. I, I, I want to bring my anger before you or my this before you. Sometimes we keep it general. Um, but I want to challenge us this morning. Um, in our times of confession, to be raw and honest with God. He knows exactly, like exactly what you're walking through. He walked this earth. He experienced what you and I experienced, but he was without sin. And in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. You see, Jesus knows what you're walking through. He was tempted in every way. That every way means every way. The things that you're walking through, the questions, the doubts, the fears, the, the sin, that Jesus was tempted with those same things, but he didn't sin. And it says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with condemnation. No, it doesn't say that. It says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. We, we, we don't approach God's throne of grace 
expecting him to be waving a finger at us. Right? We don't approach God's throne of grace expecting him to just smack us down. Right? That is not his character. Yes, God disciplines, but that, his character is not to beat us down and to tear us apart. His character is actually to, to heal you and to cleanse you and to make you the best version of yourself, the, 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 what he intended you to be. And so it says, it says, again, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Right now, we're going to take a moment just to get real with Jesus. And it's, we're not going to, it's not the time of corporate confession. You're not going to be shouting out your deepest, darkest sins. <laughs> Breathe that sigh of relief. It's all good. You're like, Willie's crazy, but he's not that crazy, okay? Um, but on our own, on your own, um, in whatever posture feels appropriate, if you need to get on your knees, if you um, need to just sit in stillness, if you need to stand before him, if whatever posture you need to take, um, take time to confess your sins to God, and then we'll come back together to take communion in a moment, okay? So just take, some, take a moment. Y'all, as a family, we're going to walk into a time of communion. If you don't have the elements, um, just raise a hand, and uh, if you don't have one of the, the cups... Um, just raise a hand, and the ushers will, will come around and, and, and get some for you guys. So just keep those hands up high so that they can see you. Um, Jesus meets us in our brokenness. Jesus meets us when we come before him in humility. Jesus meets us in our time of confession when we're raw and honest before him. He sees you. He sees your heart. He knows you and he loves you. And he loved you and I enough to give of his very life to save and set us free. And so as we take communion, um, let's have the heart posture of just like the breath that he breathed into the dirt to form us. Let's have the heart posture that would receive the life-giving love that Jesus has for us. Communion is a time of remembering what Jesus did and receiving that gift of life that he's given us. And in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, it says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Let's take the body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks... He gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's take the cup. God, we thank you for your gift of life. We thank you for your body and your blood that was given for us. God, thank you for forgiving us 
for saving and setting us free. This morning, God, as we sing this next song, we want to give our lives back to you. As we sing of your amazing grace that has saved us and set us free, God, we give our lives back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all feel free to take whatever posture you want during this song. If you want to sit, feel free to sit. If you want to stand, whatever posture, um, just engage with God.
about God's amazing grace. There are some of us here today who have yet to surrender to that amazing grace, who have yet to receive the grace and the forgiveness that God has for you. If you're here this morning and you're hearing about this love that God has, this life-giving love, the blood that he shed on the cross to save and set us free, if you're hearing about this today, and you feel like, you know what, God, I need to surrender to you. I need to let go of my life. I need to follow you, Jesus. If you're here this morning and, and you need to respond to that life-giving love and you want to give your life to Jesus, um, we would be remiss to not take an opportunity to allow that to take place. And so with every head bow and eyes closed, if you're here today and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, if you want to give him your life, just raise a hand and look up at me right now. God bless you, bro. God bless you and you. God bless you guys. God bless you. I see you over there. God bless you. Anyone else want to surrender to Jesus this morning? God bless you. I see you in the back. Anyone else? God bless you. I see you in the back. And you over here, I see you. Anyone else want to surrender to Jesus? He pursued you with his love. Life and life abundant is for you this morning. Anyone else? God, we thank you for life. We thank you, Jesus, for salvation. We thank you for the fact that you came to save and set us free. And this morning, you have saved and set free your people. God, you are so good. You're so good. We love you. Can we just thank God for his goodness? And thank God for these lives that are surrendered to him. Yeah. You know, Psalm 95, verse 2, it says, Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. I love what's taking place this morning, right? I'm like, I could just sit back. You guys just keep, keep, on, keep on leading us. So let us come before him with thanksgiving. In, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Thanksgiving is God's will for us who belong to Christ Jesus, to be thankful. And when we think about all that God has done, I mean, Romans 5, 8, but, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. When we think about all that God has done, we cannot help but, but, but give thanks where it deserves. He deserves thanksgiving, right? He deserves our thanks. Thanksgiving is the next stop on this journey. And, and literally, when, when we think about and we experience Jesus' forgiveness, our hearts are overwhelmed with gratitude for all that Jesus has done. And when we think about what God has done in and through us, 
praise and thanksgiving, it naturally flows from our lips. I grew up in a church um, in Sacramento, and one of the things that uh, my pastor would always say is gratitude is the attitude, okay? Gratitude is the attitude, right? Thanksgiving and, and being grateful for what God has done. You know what happens when we, when we thank God and we live lives of gratitude? Our eyes no longer rest on us, right? We, when we are thanking God, it turns our attention off of ourselves and it places our attention onto Him. And so when we, when we worship, it takes our eyes off of ourselves and we become grateful for what God has done. When we pray prayers of gratitude, it takes our eyes off of ourselves and it places our eyes on, on Jesus, the one who we are truly grateful for, the one who's worthy of all of our adoration and all of our praise. Gratitude is the attitude. And then when we think about all that God has done, we realize and recognize that he is powerful and can supply all of our needs. So, so we walk through adoration and confession and thanksgiving. The fourth stop on the journey is supplication. God supplying our needs. It says in Psalm 95 verse 7, uh, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. If, if we are the people under his pasture, the flock under his care, I just have a little hunch that Jesus is the good shepherd, right? And that if we're under his care, that he's going to care for us because that's who he is. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to leave you. He leaves the 99 to come after the one. At some point in time, we were each, all of us in here, were the one that Jesus left the 99 to come and find. He cares for you. And so he cares for you to the point where he wants to hear the things that, that are on your heart, the, the needs that you have. You can bring those things to God. In, in Philippians 4, 6, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And let God, tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. I love the, the message version of this. It says, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, Pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. <laughs> That's so good, right? Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayer. Letting God know your concerns. And so, again, just as we read about in the Hebrews, we can approach God with our needs. He is our good shepherd, and he loves us. And so as we move into this final movement, I'm going to encourage you to break into groups of three to four. And to briefly, by briefly, briefly, um, share one thing that you're thankful for um, and one thing that you need prayer for um, personally. Uh, try and keep it personal. Um, and, uh, um, and the band's going to, they'll just, Richard's just going to soothe us, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then we'll come back together and we'll close with one more song, okay? So break into groups of three to four. Just turn. We're going to come back together. And as we close out, let's stand together. We're going to sing the song, Greater You, Lord.
And we're going to sing it to our God who is worthy of our adoration and our praise. Amen? We're going to give him all that he deserves from the depths of our souls because he's worthy. Amen?
Buzz to come and close out the service for us. And if you know Buzz, you know that he is one of the most amazing men of God that I know. Um, his heart for worship and prayer is like no, no one I know. And so I just thought it'd be awesome to have him close us and give us the benediction today. Thanks, Willie. Um, my new brother Chad and I were talking during the supplication time, the letting God know who we are, and we were reminding ourselves that it's the enemy who tells us what we're not. It's God who tells us who we are, that you are sons and daughters of God. You are children of the King. You are children of light. You are children of the day that you've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and now you've been planted into the kingdom of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's so good. So good. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you will overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. May God himself the God of peace, give you peace at all times and in every way. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless, blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now he who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. God bless you. Go in peace. If you need if you need prayer for anything, we've got the prayer team up in the front. They'd love to pray for you.